Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 582 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. And my, oh my, do we have a lot to talk about. Uh, If you missed it, we put out the little breaking news video because I'm on vacation from my day job and was just awake at 2 a.m. when Woj was in an L.A. airport uh, eventually getting kicked out at 4 a.m. It was a Newark airport, actually. So <coughs> oh, okay. Yeah. He was going to L.A., that's right. Um, we're going to talk Dallas week, talk whatever comes to mind, uh, but obviously the big news is James Harden is no longer a Philadelphia 76er. Uh, but before we get into all of that, make sure you guys are following us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow <clears throat> us on Facebook as well at Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI and Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia as a whole. Uh, and let's just do more dope stuff uh, that we have in the works. So continue subscribing, leave a five-star review. It really does help. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash underground sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show every single week, twice a week. You get full video episodes of Top Bins. Get in the hole, outside the box, streamer season, F1 Underground, uh, the whole nine yards, every podcast on our network in video form goes on our YouTube channel. We're on that road to 700 subscribers. It's a brand new month. Let's get to 700 plus during the month of November. Uh, we are currently at 624. So let's keep that rolling. Go subscribe youtube.com slash at underground sports, Philadelphia. And this show is presented by the city of Vineland and the city of Vineland municipal calendar features city organized, city sponsored and city affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government and participate in local events. You can also follow the city of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. And through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what the heck is going on, brother? Living the dream. So, Uno out. James Harden to L.A., unlike Woj, uh, as... Another Sixers-Clippers trade in the middle of the night occurs. I'm pretty convinced Elton Brand had something to do with this one as well. Uh, 
James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and as Pat Bev calls him, Philip with an F, uh, go to the Clippers. And then as of today, Philip with an F, since traded to the Sacramento Kings, uh, in exchange for Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, and Kenyon Martin Jr., along with draft picks, a pick swap once again, and a whole lot of just drama lifted from this team for once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last time we were in an offseason and it came into the year with a player refusing to play, it took us all the way to the trade deadline. That's how we got James Harden. Um, I think it's funny that <laughs> he was the like, the big prize out of that, and then he becomes kind of the, the diva. It's like that saying, like, if they cheat with you, they will cheat on you. Um, I guess we, we should have expected it, but – yeah, in some ways, I'm kind of glad that this isn't just going to linger over the team the whole season because the Ben Simmons thing did, and it just it just kind of mm-hmm. felt like the whole year was just kind of exhausting to deal with as a fan. And you know, finally, when you get rid of him and, and Harden comes in, and at that time, that was a breath of fresh air. Um, and it felt like you, know, you kind of rejuvenated, and now I think you get that at the beginning of the season, and maybe things just go a little smoother. I think it's helped that the Sixers have looked pretty good to start the year, and you know, Maxie's at least looks like he might have taken another step and and looks like he's developed again as a player. So that I think makes this all a little bit easier to kind of deal with and, and sit with. So for Harden, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think this team could be worse off for the regular season without James Harden. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to diminish that he is still a good player and you know, he was the assist leader last year and I, I think is, um, one of the many reasons that Embiid wins an MVP last season too. I think he, he does play a part in that, but we also saw that in the playoffs. You know, he had some big performances in the playoffs, absolutely, but really when this team needed him to step up as a max-level player, he didn't. And Embiid didn't either, you know, so I, I think that deserves, um, you know, I let it. It wasn't – last year's playoff loss was not all on Harden, the same way that the, the Hawks series loss was not all on Ben Simmons. You know, like there were other factors, but um, – you know, I, I just think it, it all turned really sour and, you know, whatever relationship deteriorated between him and Daryl Murray, it seemed like just it was not going to be repaired. And, you know, this was really the only solution was him being off the team in some way. So given all that, the fact that we had zero leverage, he publicly called our GM a liar and said that he would never play for him again in China, in China. Awesome. Then had to walk that back because he said some stuff about tampering and had to make sure he wasn't going to lose money, of course. Um, but then proceeded to have Daryl Morey's a liar on those giant light up <laughs> which bottle service. Admittedly, girl signs. very funny. Very bit. funny. And you know he he only had one destination he was willing to go to, with this, which was the Clippers. The fact that all those things happened and the Sixers were able to get at least a decent return, I think, is is good stuff. Um, you know, they get two things. They get some draft assets back because this team has obviously made a lot of moves over the last, like, five or six years uh, in an attempt to be competitive, and obviously it hasn't worked. But, you know, you kind of restock that a little bit. Um, you know, the the one 2026 20, pick, once we got the details, took a little bit of the shine off. It's the worst of the um, of Clippers, Clippers, OKC. And Rockets? And Rockets. Um, <clears throat> not the greatest pick in the world, but I think that's still, you know, it's it's 
a decent pick. Um, really, you know, these are just uh, assets now that the Sixers can package to try and get someone, you know, that, that was clearly the pivot option. Who that person is, who knows. Um, and two, you know, they get these contracts, which are expiring contracts, which are not just valuable to the Sixers and that, you know, they're trying this summer. Daryl Morey was saying that all offseason that, um, you know, they, they wanted to be one of these teams with a lot of cap space next year, even though the free agency class is not very good. Uh, we also know that stars become unhappy and un- unsettled every four months in the NBA. I used to say six months. It's now every four months. Um, there's someone that's unhappy with their situation and wants to leave. If you had said this time last year that Drew Holiday would be a Boston Celtic, that would have that would have been a very bizarre thing for me to have come on this podcast and say. But that's that's the reality now, right? So I just think... Um, you know, they so they, they have these expiring contracts, which are, are good, not just for the Sixers for that reason, but also, you know, if those players also get traded, teams do value um, expiring contracts for similar reasons. So that gives the, the, the Sixers a little bit more flexibility for this season, though. I, you know, obviously not having Harden sucks um, and I, I think will in some ways be a detriment. And I don't know what move they're making that is really going to move this team into championship contention um, this season. And I don't think you can just kind of punt this season. I don't think Embiid would be happy with that. I don't think as a fan I would really like that if we're just like, well, we're just going to roll with it and see what happens this summer. I've seen this team try and go in the summer and make big swings all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember Brian Colangelo's dumb, we're going star hunting <laughs> bullshit. Like, I, I, I've been sold. The problem with the Sixers is I've been sold so many different stories over the last, like, six years that – I'm, I'm numb to it all. <laughs> like I we sat I, in this very studio pissed off that after we found out LeBron gave the Sixers a meeting, he went and signed with the Lakers. And it was like pitched to us that LeBron was giving us a chance. And I mean, LeBron could be a Sixer this summer too. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I don't know where the direction of the team is going. And I think if you just kind of have another lackluster year, you have a, a first or second round exit. I don't know where this team is going. I don't know who you're getting, again, in, in this season. That's really, you know, Zach Levine has been the big guy rumored to come here. I think Zach Levine's a good player. I don't think Zach Levine is, is what's the He's difference. not a needle pusher. He's not the difference between this team even making a conference finals. Yeah. I honestly don't. I, I, I don't think that that's really, um, would I say no to Zach Levine? No, but I, I just, I, I don't know where it goes from here. And I, I, I think I'm curious to see how they fill this out. For the time being, I'm happy with how the Sixers are at this moment, at least. You know, the way they've been playing through the first few games of the season. And we'll see if we go from there. And I don't know what Harden's legacy is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, I saw a friend of the program, Sean Bernard, who uh, covers the Sixers for Philly Sports Network. He said uh, Harden's legacy is he's the Michael Jordan of trade requests. I mean, honestly, like he has developed a very real... Like, this is his legacy now. Like, like it or not, like... Yeah. And Nick Nurse gave, like, an interesting quote about, you know, like, Harden and you saying, you know, listen, it's going to be a blip on the radar and we'll forget about this and, you know, whatever. I, and it was, like, a pretty pretty nice way of diffusing it. But I don't think we... Like, we will because this is... The most recent memory of him. Yeah, this is the third straight team he's done this with. You know, and the strange thing is... is I. With with the with the Rockets and the Nets, I don't think he was totally unjustified. With the Sixers, he was upset because the Sixers weren't reaching out to him when they couldn't. Because the Sixers right. just got fined for tampering this past year for helping him. Right, and I mean, listen, I think lost and all like Harden is not 
the total villain here, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want like. I don't want it to be like portrayed that way because he also did take a team friendly deal last sure. year so that this team could make some like on the margins moves. That's how we get PJ Tucker, right? Like, so, you know, like he, he did do it. That's the, st- he's such an enigma because he was the assist leader last year. Maxi loves this guy. Maxi seems to like really have appreciated James Harden's time in Philadelphia and seems like he really like had an effect on him and, has really uh, kind of unlocked something in Maxi. Yet he also puts up these dud performances. Doesn't really seem to care. I don't know. And I don't know if that's just a his personality, his like just body language even. He and just it seems, spreads to the other players on the court. He seems like a disengaged person. And I don't know if that's just his personality. So I don't want to be like too harsh on that. But it's like it's hard as a fan to feel like this guy cares. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something he can control or not, because maybe that's just the way he is. Some people are just like that. But um, it's hard as a fan to feel like James Harden actually cares about winning. And when he's – listen, I, <laughs> do I think the Clippers are the team to go to <laughs> to win? I don't know. I Like, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's a better role for him. Who knows? But um, the video of him walking in the locker room yesterday was absolute. Did you see that video? Yeah. And- Terrence Mann – looked so disgusted that he was walking and was like, oh, here comes trouble. Yeah, the guy who's going to steal my minutes. Yeah. Um, this is from YC on Twitter, one of my favorite tweets. Two happiest days of an NBA <laughs> fan's life are when their team trades for James Harden and when their team trades away James Harden. It's Which so is, true. Honestly, like if that's No one has ever summed up the James Harden experience more than that. I, it's and, so valid. Um, so, yeah, I – thanks – I guess. I mean, honestly, it was better than being stuck with Ben Simmons for the last year and a half, I guess. But um, Thanks for game one against the Celtics. Thanks for game one against us. It really reeled us in with hope. And then uh, thanks for game seven for at least putting us out of our misery by <laughs> halftime so I could just close my TV up <laughs> for the night and uh, wallow. But, yeah, I mean, good luck in L.A., I guess. Um, don't foresee that experiment going well. What happens if you took – him and Kawhi are the two again, like most just disengaged NBA stars, and that I I don't know if they care or not. Except Kawhi has shown in the playoffs when he's healthy, mm-hmm. whenever that is, that um, he can play at the top level. Uh, I would have massive concerns as a Clippers fan, in that you are putting a lot of chips in in this basket again of a team that just can't. They've not proven to be able to stay healthy. Maybe they do. I don't know, but. Um, for the Sixers, they, they get some depth. Like you said, Covington's back. Um, a lot of these guys are really just guys you're, you're acquiring simply because of their expiring contracts. But I don't know. I I, I think this is a, a weird year for the Sixers in that I think expectations have never been lower, it feels like. It, it does – like it, it in previous years, it felt like we were coming in like this team should be going to the finals. This year, I don't feel that way at all. And that's not a good thing either. I, I think that we've gone, that we've regressed as a team when you have an MVP caliber player in Embiid, that you you shouldn't enter a season and not feel like this team could win an NBA championship, or at the very least make an NBA finals. I feel like this team has no chance, honestly. I, 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 I don't see them getting out of the East. I don't see this team getting out of the second round because they also haven't. Like I, I, I have zero faith in them. Maybe over the course of the year, I'll get reeled back in 
again, I'm already starting to with Nick Nurse because we actually, I don't know, like practice basketball now. Um, we don't Who knew? The, we don't have the Doc Rivers golf show. Come on, guys. Yeah. So I think the greatest contribution Doc Rivers could give to us is when the Sixers play the Clippers on ESPN. He's got to be on the broadcast. I would honestly just turn the audio off. Uh, there's no way I'm listening to that. <laughs> um, Robert Covington seems thrilled to be back. Um, all the players met with the media today, and he said that uh, you know this is where he put his name on the map, and it, it's surreal to be to be back. I think he's a guy that can actually contrib- can contribute to this team too. Is one of those expiring contract guys that I feel Daryl Morey would be inclined to keep. Did he play for Nick Nurse when he was in the G League or the D League at the time? Um, no, I know that was Harden's connection to Nick Nurse. I don't know if Robert Covington ever did. I forget when Nick Nurse was the coach uh, and everything. Marcus Morris, you'll see what uh, he contributes. I mean, just having him finally have his homecoming that feels like it's been a decade in the making is very funny. Um, and I think Kenyon Martin Jr. is uh, an intriguing player because it's more athleticism for this team that they typically have strayed away from over the past five, six years. So to have a young 23-year-old is uh very like fun at least yeah it's like watching kelly Oubre, and you're like wow <laughs> someone who cuts to the rim that's amazing I've, I've not seen that <laughs> it's pretty nice who would have thought so i don't know and then it's hard it, i gotta tell you it's hard as an nba fan like caring <laughs> because there's so much player movement yes and i i like to I'm of two minds, and this is where it's tough. I like that players players should have more say, right? Correct. Because ultimately, like they, like the NBA, the NFL, MLB, all of it is nothing without the players. Like there, there's no replacement mm-hmm. for them, um, and their talent and what they can do, and so they should have a lot of leverage. But how am I possibly supposed to care and get like invested? emotionally and financially like how should how could i be a season ticket holder when in the back of my mind all i'm thinking about is this if this season goes wrong and beat is asking out this summer and he'll get it he'll get traded this summer if he wants to get traded mm-hmm. he will do it james harden this this summer wanted to get traded even though he's under contract he opted in to a contract this summer he can still force a trade to his preferred destination with zero leverage i like how how is this sustainable in the long run in terms of like team like being fans of teams like now i think you're seeing it with like younger generations are becoming more fans of just players which is like an interesting development but i like how how am i supposed like i think the nba has a unique problem with this that Mm -hmm. other sports don't and that there is so much player movement and it's it just and like listen i'm not I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here about like the players, but um, Nicholas Batum's wife reposting <laughs> Drew Holiday's wife's. wife. First of all, your husband's game check is like six hundred thousand dollars. All right, he's making like insane amounts of money. He's made like over a hundred million dollars in his career. Cry me a fucking river about like oh we woke up and we had to move. Oh, I had to move from L.A. to Philadelphia. God forbid. We're living the 
obscene life of luxury in LA and we have to move to an obscene life of luxury in Philly. I get it. I get it's not easy to move and having to like, it can be stressful even when you're rich, whatever, your kids, your family, all of it. Shut up. <laughs> I just shut up. All right. That is what you sign up for when the NBA, if you get to also, if you get to push through a move whenever you feel like you can also get a phone call or see it on Twitter first that you're getting moved. Do I think the players should always be told first? Sure. Yes. Like I don't like the ambulance chasers of Woj and Shams and, that they get to break the bread first all the time. But um, I, I just, all of it kind of just it has really, the last few years. It did feel very weird that she like reposted somebody else. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Like you couldn't just say like, don't trust anyone. You can do like cryptic NFL wide receiver tweet or something <laughs> like it's pinned on AJ Brown's account. Well, the earth is flat. So, and I, I'm starting hey, to believe AJ Brown starting as, to make sense. As long as AJ Brown believes it. I think that's why the ball is so attracted to his hands. I think he understands something about gravity and earth shape. The world revolves don't. around A.J. Brown. So I'm starting to think that there's some truth to that. But, yeah, I think the NBA – I think this is going to be a problem for the NBA. Yeah. I Like, I have found myself outside of the Sixers not – like, I don't really watch no. national games anymore. Like, it's, it's hard to get – it's just hard to – There's very few teams that, like, even – bring it it's like you know the warriors have been a collective unit for almost a decade now so like they're kind of established and then they just kind of rotate the role players but their biggest like part of their dynasty was a guy who fought like right. he didn't force his way off right but he leaves in free agent and it's like I, I i just i don't know i i think it's it's for me the nba has kind of fallen off a little bit in the last few years because of that and i i i don't know if that's the only reason but i just think in general like i have I have felt myself kind of loving watching the NBA a little less. And part of that is also because the Sixers have been so psychologically damaging mm -hmm. that, you know, that's that's part of it. But um, I've really only found myself watching Sixers games um, and not really plugging into, like, TNT on Tuesdays, Thursdays, yeah. right? Like, uh, I don't know. And, I mean, after the MLB playoffs that we had to go through take me off of any Turner sports broadcasting. Yeah, please. Um with the uh the Sixers and everything. Did you see <laughs> this clip has been making the rounds um just on social because of his podcast. Did you see the clip of Pat Bev talking about conditioning with Joel Embiid? No. <laughs> uh let me find it here because Papev's impression of Joel, for one, is absolutely hilarious. And last year uh -huh. and as soon as i wake up this morning i see some fucking bullshit on my feed about the knicks saying that they have this package for him or yeah, that but, package yeah, you know. hey i have news for the knicks bro you're not getting them beat bro i don't give a fuck what you have to give up Pop i don't care if you wrong. give us a thousand first round picks i don't wrong. care if you give us fucking uh uh randall quickly barrett oh they said that they have fucking Pop evan fournier for us nobody wants evan fournier Shout get the fuck out of here dude you, you are never going to get MB playing for the shit, Knicks bro. and I'm tired of New York but fans you, but you live that. in New York so be careful Ron. I don't care dude I'll All say right. that shit in New York as well dude I'll let them know so there was that one but then there was also 
which is true. And seventeens. What the fuck is that? So you run a court, but oh, the sideways, the sideways. You have to do it under a minute, bro. I could do probably thirty-eight seventeens on my Fetty Wap shit. We got practice. I walk up to, I walk up to Joe like, hey yo, let's do some extra conditioning. He like, all right. I'm like, all right. I'm like, uh, I'm like, all right. We gonna do seventeens. He say, what? Which which way? Ah, uh, we gonna do it the short way. He all right. So we do the seventeens. Oh, ah, damn. So when we get done, everybody clapping and shit. Like they were amazed. Like damn, man, you really got Joel and B to do seventeens, right? So today after practice, I hey Joe, I do some extra conditioning again. Hey man, I'm not doing seventeens. <laughs> uh uh, uh-uh, Joe, come on, we gotta do it one more time, Joe. You all right? So <laughs> so you do, you knock him out again. Another seventeen. So shout out to Joe and B. Like that shows you MVP. He doesn't have to do that, you know what I'm saying? But he's willing to do that for the for you know to help his condition and help the team. So Tyrese Maxey has the best Joe and B impressions. It's the it's the funniest shit in the world. How does it sound, dude? I like your impression of it, but I think you just gotta hone it. More like a little bit like Joel Embiid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're like, wild. Uh, you're wild. Hey, the Sixers are gonna do great this year. Hey, hey, <laughs> you got the best. He's the best. Hey, Joe is the best, man. Those are those are pretty good. Honestly, Beverly should give himself a little more credit. That's a pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good Embiid. But I mean. Cool. Again, this is all part of it, right? This right. is how I'm going to get dragged back into caring about this team. So. Exactly. Um, I mean, I think my favorite part about the trade, though, is Robert Covington's back. Yeah, that'll be nice, but I don't know. <laughs> it's been six years. <laughs> we were we were at this very desk Yeah. when it broke on a Saturday Around morning. Around this time. That was like November, I think, that yeah. trade happened. Traded for Jimmy Butler. What What's he up to? What's Jimmy Butler been up to? I haven't heard about him since. Panic at the free throw. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we'll see what you know happens with the Sixers. Um. It does seem like we have a competent coach for the first time since like early Brett Brown years, and not that late Brett Brown was like poor coaching or anything. It kind of just ran its course. But um, fascinating what an actual NBA coach can do for a team. Um. So. Shout out James Harden. Uh, also, does that mean Matt we have to remove the painting from the backdrop? Well, or is it just a part speaking of speaking of removing James Harden paintings? <laughs> I don't know how I missed this. You know, Daryl Morey has a painting of James Harden in his house. In his house, and also commissioned one of Joel Embiid. <laughs> I didn't know the Embiid part. I did know he had one of Harden. <laughs> what? He says he's not taking it down either. Like it's, it's, I am aghast. I just <laughs> Thermore is truly a freak. Like he, that's the only. It's like a, it's like a side profile of him, and in the background is the, the like the arc of the the like an NBA uh, like half court. And it's his true shooting percentage from the the Rockets um, twenty eighteen season after they got dumped in the playoffs in Game Seven. What? Like I, <laughs> I read that there was a Ramona Shelburne article today on ESPN that I read, and that was it. And that was like a a part of the story. It's like that is awful. That's like what it's like. It's like predominantly in his house. Like it's not like. I have that in my office. Like, 
I didn't know it, it had like the home. shooting percentage. Yeah, he he walks into his home and it is. I gotta say, I'm not an art critic. It's not the most beautiful piece. Of, I can see why this guy was into crypto uh-huh. and the goddamn dog pictures. Because I gotta tell you, it's not the most inspiring art I've ever seen. I remember no shade to the Croatian guy that got for the article too to talk about who who made the painting. I'm not trying to not trying to hate on anybody here, but I remember when Daryl went on the Ricky. Um, that was in the backdrop of where he was during the episode. I just I just got I got some questions. That's all. I just is Embiid's gonna have like the trajectory of his DX chop that he gets fined for? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So here's the description from the article. Um. It is a stunning piece of art. Stunning is definitely doing a lot of heavy lifting. Harden towering over a basketball court, his hair ablaze in oranges, reds, and yellows to reflect how monstrous his offensive output had been the year he won the league's MVP award. I got to remind you, this is in Daryl Morey's house. This is not in like James Harden's house. This is in Daryl Morey's house. Along the three-point line is the formula for true shooting percentage, a favorite metric of Morey's to reflect Harden's historically great uh, output. His Eyes, heart, and iconic beard are all in shades of blue to reflect the calm, almost surgical way Harden dissected defenses and controlled games at the apex of his powers. Yeah, here's one that he has of Embiid behind him on the rookie. Yeah, so he commissioned a similar... Um, With the Twitter birds. I... He said, James changed my life. What? I just... um. I don't know. I've, I found that really shocking. And I feel like an adult man, I'm going to be honest, an adult man who is the boss of another man should not have a painting of that man in his house. That's all I'm going to say. I just think it's weird. You can have that at your office. I don't think that's that crazy. I just, like, in your home? Very strange. It, like, it's a, bizarre, it's a bizarre thing to do. That's all. He had it in his, he's had it in his home, like, since 2018. I just, I, I don't know. Speaking of bizarre, uh, before we bring up the bizarre fact, uh, our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, the best in the game. You guys can gear up for the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Union, uh, and also get your Phillies merch as well for next season uh, with our pals at PHI Apparel Company. They are the exclusive merch partners of Underground Sports Philadelphia, and there's no doubt in our minds that you will stand out in the crowd uh, by rocking their merch, and you can get exclusive Underground Sports Philadelphia merch as well. And right now, through 4.25 p.m. on Sunday, you can take 20% off all Eagles gear on their shop with code Dallas Sucks. That's code Dallas Sucks at phiapparel.co for 20% off all Eagles gear. Uh, and then at any time, 365 days of the year, you can use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here. So go stand out in the crowd uh, and go to phiapparel.co. And through Sunday at 425, use code Dallas Sucks to get 20% off your Eagles merch. Uh, the one thing I found bizarre, Matt, uh, about the video of James Harden walking into the Clippers locker room, he has three phones just bricked up in his hand. I've never seen somebody walk in with I, three so phones I, just stacked. I, I have to imagine that there might be one phone that is... Like, 
he might like he might have like a team, you know. He almost certainly has a team. Yes, I have to imagine one of those phones is maybe like a strictly like business phone, and that's where like his like social media accounts are, and it's probably easy to keep it all in one thing. And maybe maybe one was like a team phone, like a Clippers, the same for like the but the Clippers, like he was like being I don't know. I'm just trying to give him the benefit. It was bizarre. I also noticed I was like that's. It's weird to have three. We we got a tweet response because we posted that video uh, from one of our longtime followers at Intimidator21. Uh, direct line to his agent for demanding his next trade. Yeah, direct we, line to LA strip clubs. Always, ABC, always be complaining. Yes. Always be complaining. <laughs> uh, number Phone number two is the direct line to all the LA strip clubs. Open line for strip clubs in road trip visiting cities. And then his everyday personal phone is actually in his pocket. Well, I would just say that James Harden is an NBA veteran, which means he already knows where all the strip clubs and all the cities are. I don't think he needs to. to he does not need the phone. That's why that Daniel anymore. House got kicked out of the bubble. Yeah, they they know, they understand. Also, is, is PJ Tucker just uh, a clause in James Harden contract? Yeah, I think it's you. You it's can't. Just, it's the law. Yeah, he is the. Uh, on the infomercial when they're like, buy now and you get a free gift, he is the free gift. He just kind of comes along. and yeah. That honestly might be the best part of this trade is that you get off of 38-year-old P.J. Tucker's absurd contract. Yeah. I'll say this. P.J. Tucker brought a, brought a good energy to the yes. team. One of the most like accountable. Like We've brought in like veterans over the years to try and keep people accountable and motivated and bring some type of edge. He was like one of the only guys to actually do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, was he overpaid? Absolutely. But um, I don't know. He was actually like, <laughs> if you could have offered me, he was PJ fun Tucker to root on for. like a better contract. Like I would have, I would yes. have taken it, I guess. Like, but um, yeah, I, he just, <laughs> he just goes for hard and does. <laughs> um, he's the James Jones to LeBron. <laughs> so yeah, James Harden. We hardly knew you. Didn't even play full 82 with the Philadelphia 76ers. Got 79 games in his belt. Whatever. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Sixers. Um, but moving on, it is Dallas week. It's brought to you by our pals over at FOCO. Guys, you saw me wearing the Phillies overalls all red October long. Well, if you need to uh, switch it up and get in the Eagles spirit of things, they got Eagles overalls as well, plus – some unbelievable collectibles and apparel. Uh, Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more, and with major sports and entertainment licenses at their disposal, along with a powerful infrastructure, a dedicated team, and a broad variety of products. Their company is reaching new heights every day. Uh, you can click the link in our YouTube description or on the audio description check out everything that foco has to offer uh we love being a part of the foco fam they've got awesome stuff their bobbleheads are off the charts um so check out the forever collectibles that's what foco is short for shout out to them um and go support our sponsors because they love supporting us it's dallas week matt for the first time this season it'll go down at the link this go round before the eagles have a bye week um eagles coming off uh a big win against Washington in Washington on Sunday and have the best record in the NFL. And now we finally have a matchup that is primed to be potentially the best of the year so far. 
We'll see. Uh, anytime in the NFL we get these like big like must watch games. They see always, 49ers Dallas earlier this year. They always kind of they've just disappointed. Even the Eagles Dolphins the other yeah. week on Sunday was like big matchup. You know, it was like a, a, a Styles make fights kind of game. And I don't know. <laughs> it was it was okay. Um, yeah, we, we I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of these games, Bills Dolphins from a few weeks ago was like touted as, as a, a big one. Um, I'm trying to think, I even like Chiefs Lions game one yeah. was kind of like, wow, Lions really exciting team. Chiefs and it just really wasn't that compelling. I guess is the word. So I will say Cowboys Eagles typically does deliver though on the drama, um, and usually like weirdly a pretty high scoring mm-hmm. uh, game too. You know, I, I feel like over the last few seasons, we've definitely seen the the score. I, I remember last year the Minshew game got a got pretty carried away offensively too for both teams so looking forward to it it's um the eagles i think got a, a nice break with the 49ers losing again um you know gives you now the opportunity in the nfc to push a little ground you know you saw the lions chasing but your brock purdy agenda looking great i'm listen i'm not not celebrating just yet but i you know i was a little worried starting five and oh that i was like well that you know you make some you 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 have some takes in the offseason that don't don't pan out all the time. That's fine. But now I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I was right. The rest of the disadvantage is, is going to matter when their team can't stay healthy. But um, good opportunity for the Eagles to – this is home? Yes. Yeah. And the get-in price is quite pricey. Yeah. Um, not I should a, know, SeatGeek <laughs> has been trying to get me all week. <laughs> <to> not a- – <laughs> Not for the faint of heart, and not a sponsor, but they have uh, they've always like interacted with our stuff, and we'd love to work with them if they are down. Uh, our our good social media pals over at TickPick, um, the get in price on their website right now, uh, for two tickets on Sunday at four twenty five standing room. Four hundred and thirty-two dollars ticket. That's just for an actual seat. It's four hundred and eighty-two dollars ticket. I just got. It's just crazy. I know that people use this as like a litmus test. Like they were using it for the Phillies in the playoffs. Like this is how great Philly is. It's like, is it great actually that people are priced out of games? No. Is it like good that if you want to go to a game with someone, you have to spend a thousand dollars to do it? Like that's. It's absurd. I don't. That's not fan friendly. No, <laughs> like it just isn't, and I don't think that creates a good environment either. When it's like, I don't know, like it just kind of sucks. But um, I mean, it is. It's probably it's the biggest regular season game of of the year in it because it happens every year, and there's there's that rivalry. Um, and so, Cowboys have been maybe the strangest team in the NFL this year in that they've had two of the most embarrassing losses Mm -hmm. but then a lot of like really dominant wins and most of it coming from their defense which i think was unexpected right it wasn't until that rams game that you really felt like offensively they were yeah that was easily Dak's best game of the year i think you could also say that was the eagles best game of the year up until the dolphins game but i think the way they moved the ball against the rams was i think the smoothest the offense looked at any point this season Mm -hmm. so both teams i think I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a strange one to match up. Yeah, defensively, they still have big play uh, ability as well. You know, we saw that against the Rams, pick sixes, and we know that they can obviously put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, 
I, I, it's really hard to, to figure out where, where this game goes. And um, I think we've just always defaulted to these teams split and it's usually home and home, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you win your own game, you lose your away game um, in this one. So that's where I would kind of fall on this. It also feels like this is the first time in a long time that it's actually been Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts. Not that they're playing against each other on the field, but like both guys healthy, both guys playing for their team in this game. Was Dak healthy for the first game last year? He missed. Didn't he miss that one too? Because he had an injury yeah. early last season that he missed games, and I, I feel like it was Cooper Rush. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah, last year was both, both teams had backups in both games. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm I'm remembering this much more clearly now that it was a. Uh, is the backup in Philly too? Um, is this accurate? They've only played one game against each other head to head. I think that could be because it feels that way. Because the season before, Jalen didn't start until late in the year. Late in the year, I don't think. And then Dak missed all of 2021. Was that the year he his broke ankle? his leg or his ankle? Uh, the problem is, is like 2018 to 2021 have blended in my yes. mind in a way that no other like <laughs> pocket of years year. Yeah. Pocket has. Um, I want to say that was before 2021. Though. See. I feel like that was that might have even been like 2019. Dak messed up his ankle. And the only reason I'm remembering 2020 this, was 2020. The only reason I'm saying that is because I remember the sleep number commercials that he was yeah. in. <laughs> and I feel like I remember seeing those years ago at this point. And that was like, I remember that was like post injury was this. I don't know why yeah. that is a connection. He only played in five mind. games in 2020 and then he right. came back 2021 and played in every game. Yeah. So there's that element too. <laughs> you really that is haven't, crazy. haven't had the opposite. You know, because it always is. feels like, you know, when you talk NFC quarterbacks, it's like the last couple of years, it's Jalen Hurts and then Dak Prescott. Well, it's been, you know, Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, you know, kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, Kirk Cousins, baby. I I feel obliged. <laughs> my theory, <laughs> my theory about the QB documentary, I think is accurate. Uh, Being the new Madden curse. It's possible. Mahomes is having a very strange year. Well, he was uh, he was poisoned. He was <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, unfortunately, tears his Achilles. I don't know. Mariota's got a pretty nice life right now. He's Mariota had a lot of money by the Eagles to just be a like. Uh, but he did have the worst preseason of his career, and like it was very close to him just getting cut. And who I mean, knows if he gets signed? Eh, I don't know. I think it, I think it worked out okay for Mariota. I was I was sad for Kirk Cousins. I was explaining it to Sarah because she also has him on fantasy and so um she was like what should I do with like my team and I was like oh like um you know I try not to give her too much because we're in a competitive league but I was like oh, we should drop Kirk uh because he uh he had a season ending injury and she was like but he's like he looks so handsome and nice and I was like yeah and I was explaining like yeah like um they saw the, the they had their trick-or-treat thing the Vikings I and he still see. went yeah I was like she was like she was like crying. And I was like, <laughs> she was like, I'm crying over Kirk Cousins. I was like, I know, it's really sad. It's like it's a it's a contract year for him. He's like 36. He was playing like the best. Is he that old? Yeah. This is he's playing Time like the, fucking the best football of his life. He was in the RG three draft. Yeah. I 
don't know if I have this. And this is going to sound like bullshit. I don't know if I actually tweeted it. I know for a fact, though, on draft night that I was going to tweet that Kirk Cousins was going to have a better career than RG3. That was based off absolutely nothing. Because <laughs> I had no, I had done no types of, of draft analysis. It was just a gut feeling that I had. I don't know if I ever even actually tweeted it. Um, and it's going to sound like I'm making it up, but I promise you, there's no there's no real reason for me to make this story up. <laughs> I maybe almost tweeted that I thought Kirk Cousins, based on nothing, was going to be better than RG3. But So far, the only uh, tweet of yours that comes up with Kirk Cousins Uh-oh. is from 2015, and Uh-oh. you saying, I never realized that Kirk Cousins looks just like Kevin Love. Okay, well, that's not wrong. <laughs> that's not wrong. It's pretty right about that. Yeah, I I think I I think I maybe just never, never tweeted it, but um, I do I do feel for Kirk and it sucks. I don't know. I mean, it's it's from a different perspective too. I think for the Eagles, I mean, the NFC is not that great right now. Nope. Um, here is the playoff picture right now, halfway through the season. So you know, like take it as it is. But Eagles, Lions, Seahawks, Falcons. It's your division winners right now. Seahawks are looking like decent. Yeah, Seahawks are a good team. Yeah. Like they are uh, they're, like they're pretty good. And then you got the Cowboys, 49ers, Vikings all in the wild card. Rightfully uh, so, I think. You have to imagine the Vikings. They have a pretty good schedule coming up, but I mean Josh trade Dobbs. for Josh Dobbs and then you're praying on Nick Mullins to come back. Or signing Carson Wentz. <laughs> He's too busy murdering something. <laughs> um and then your bubble teams. The Saints, who could win the division, yes. so they could be the Falcons there instead. The Bucks, the Rams, the Commanders. Well, Commanders, I think, are dead in the water now. But they're one game out of the wild card. <laughs> Traded off their two best players. One game out of the wild card. They're three and five. The Packers are two and five. They're two games out of a wild card. But you know, like one of one of those those teams is is gonna. Probably replace who, the Vikings. Who are the division winners right now again, you said? The Eagles, Lions, Seahawks, Falcons. So you can see the Seahawks, Falcons being switching. You can see the Niners there I think there that for sure. could, you know, in in a world, potentially this one, that is your division winners this year. And then the It's going to come down. The, the NFC West is going to come down to the Seahawks 49ers games later this season. I was um, talking with Pat Pitts earlier this week about the 49ers schedule. Them losing three straight the way they have is not good for them because their upcoming schedule is there. There's potential for three and a half losses. I, I set the line at. They're obviously on the bye this week. They come out of the bye. They have to go to Jacksonville, who very good team right now. They've won like five or six straight. Um, then they have to travel back to Santa Clara, play the Buccaneers, go to Seattle on a short week, go to Philly. Remember when I said that they have the worst rest yes. advantage? <laughs> like they have, they got screwed. The way that the Jets got coddled with their like travel and rest advantage, the 49ers are on the opposite end of the spectrum. And that, like, like you just said, they have a lot of weird travel, a lot of back and forth, crossing from West time Coast zones, to East Coast. and they're playing teams. A lot of times, they're playing teams coming off of buys. Like it's negated this week because the Jags are off also on a buy, mm-hmm. so they're really not even getting like a. An advantage on a team that you know is coming off any any kind of week and game. Good teams they have left. They have the Jags. They have the Seahawks twice. The Eagles, and they have to play the Ravens still on Christmas. 
on Christmas. That's five games against playoff teams right now, not including, you know, going to the Commanders. We'll see what that ends up being like. You know, you have to go to Arizona. Uh, the Buccaneers are not – I don't think they're a good team, but they're frisky. And then you end the season against the Rams. Like, there's potential for three or four losses in there. You're talking about a six or seven loss 49ers team. It's possible. You know, it's also possible that they regain form and they, you know, lose like two games, one game. You know, the rest of the season. It's, it's all on the table for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a concern there. I think we'll see. Yeah, I'd like to see a little more on Purdy before we make, like, any, like, real judgments. But, you know, and how much of that was concussion stuff. Bizarre that he played last weekend. Very he picks up concussion symptoms in the middle of the week. Now, there were symptoms. It didn't – I don't know if he was actually diagnosed with a concussion. He was just in the protocol. So He like, did get hit and – at one point, like, immediately grabbed for his helmet, yeah, which they, was um, concerning. And they showed, like, the stats after that hit and, you know, definitely brought it up, like, two of vibes um, yeah. from last season. But I, I don't know. Like, that was that was bizarre because, like, pretty much every time someone has been concussion protocol this year, they've not played the following week. The yeah, only person I think was... that was Musgrave, but that was because he played on a Thursday and they yeah. were off until – they had a 10-day And the last layoff. time, I think, was last year, Kenny Pickett did it. Right. It's just not something that – and he picked it up late. Like, it was, like, yeah. I think Wednesday when that report came out. So, kind of bizarre he played. But also, kind of got to start looking at Kyle Shanahan a little bit. I forget if you mentioned, you know, kind of being on, on fraud watch for him in our I have been season. on Kyle Shanahan fraud watch okay. for my I wanted to make sure. life. The guy is rated as this offensive genius. Half of his offenses have never finished above average. Do you want more ammunition for your Kyle Shanahan He's agenda? like barely above 500 as a coach. When trailing by three-plus points entering the fourth quarter in Kyle Shanahan's career, 1-31. He's down by eight. Death death sentence. For the, the biggest offensive genius of our lifetimes. People won't stop jerking this dude off. He's, he's an offensive genius. You just don't understand. But yeah, I know what the fuck he does. I, I It's very easy for me to understand. It's Debo fucking Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. The most skilled skill group ever assembled. Of course he looks good. No shit. And now their defenses look like shit. It's just my beef with the 49ers. Not trying to victory lap, it, but in, in the offseason was this type of thing, though, that we have this image of Kyle Shannon and the 49ers, and they have been a good team. And he has, like, I will say, like, he can elevate. He's yes. a floor-raising kind of coach, but it has gone wrong a lot yep. in San Francisco during his time there. Like, And it has gone, like, average a lot of times there. I think we have this tendency to, like, really fixate on the years where it's gone very well and just, like, now part of that has been injury, too. Like, it's, it's not always been his fault necessarily mm-hmm. but i don't know and you know, like the concerns that were brought up at the eagles they lost a defensive coordinator too yep who's turned into what looks like a pretty good head coach in demico ryan's like he's he's done well in houston so i don't know i just think um not dancing on their grave just yet but these are the concerns that i think that you had and i think it for the eagles even though we haven't loved the eagles they're seven and one yep <laughs> like I don't know. I what do you and still like efficient like in so many categories. What are you like, supposed to do with that when you don't? When most of the fans, it feels like don't feel happy with the performances, but like winning every week. I don't know. I think the biggest thing is like 
obviously the the situational play calling, but when you look across the board when the games are said and done, Eagles are top five in almost every offensive category. Um, you know, it's crazy that, you know, 2013 to 2015, Chip Kelly was a snake oil salesman trying to say the time of possession didn't matter. Look at when the Eagles have won games this year. In the seven wins, they have dominated time of possession. And that's what wins you. If you have the ball, you're going to win games. Um, and I know the, the trade deadline has come and gone, and Kevin Byard was the one acquisition before the trade deadline, and then the Eagles um, traded a, a defensive tackle to the, the Falcons and didn't do much else. I'm genuinely okay with that. I think my biggest question, and I don't know how you feel about it, what could Rashad Penny have done <laughs> to just continue being inactive? Like, I get, you know, wanting to keep a, a healthy rotation of your running backs, but, like, Kenny Gainwell hasn't done too much to really, like, stand out and, and warrant full, you know, backup running back roles. Why not give Rashad Penny a shot? Because uh, he's going to be our Corbett Clement, and he's <laughs> going to come in in the playoffs and be like a – Just putting him on ice. I, ch- I think they might just be like, listen, you cannot play more than, like, 17 snaps without something snapping. So, like, we are just going to let you practice all year, take it easy on your body, and – in the playoffs, Rashad Penny's going to average like 7.8 yards per carry, and he's going to be Super Bowl MVP. I don't know. I, I don't really have I would like, like a, to see it. I don't have like a, a firm answer on that. It is very strange. You know, when he's healthy, he's a good running yes. back. Yes. Like, and he's healthy. I don't he's know. He's never had an offensive line like this either. So, I, I don't – I honestly, there's a part of me that believes what I just said. I said it as yeah. a bit. But I, I never thought a, of it that way, but that is – There's a part of me that believes, like, listen, like – it's like when, it's like when you sign like a, a veteran player in some other sports, right? Where it's like yeah. we're just managing you to the playoffs. Like that is what matters. This means nothing. NFL, you you can't really get away with like abandoning the regular season, like you can maybe in other sports. Where it's like we don't need to put as much stock into every single game. But um, yeah, maybe maybe they're they're literally he's a playoff signing. I don't know. That, that I'd never thought of it that way. Simply because it's like oh, he's coming to a team that has easily the best offensive line in football he's going to stay healthy behind this but hey deploy him you know in december or he's trey sermon <laughs> that too <laughs> you know both uh, things can be possible <laughs> the uh the other good news is it seems like cam jergens is on his way back which is going to help this offensive line so much i feel like the running game really took a hit when he got injured um and you know it's still been very serviceable Sue opetta was was very fine in relief. Tyler Steen was very good, uh, but getting a guy like Cam Jurgens back is only going to elevate this offensive line and and make DeAndre Swift look even better than he has this year. Um, and who would have thunk? <laughs> Jalen Hurts throwing a touchdown pass to Julio Jones in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's a bizarre timeline. <laughs> it's weird too because I was um, before the Julio Jones signing. Sometimes I just get these. I think because I was watching a lot of, like, the Phillies, like, uh, montages and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got, like, an Eagles one of the Super Bowl. And one of, the, I think, the underrated, iconic moments of that is the Falcons. Yep. Their, the goal line stand where Julio Jones gets uh, gets defended. And, you know, I don't know. Like, it's weird because Julio Jones has had this, like, amazing career. But mm-hmm. it feels like he's never – I couldn't really tell you, like, an iconic Julio Jones moment. You know, like yeah. it's he had like that big like two hundred plus receiving day, but like 
I don't know. He's always been, like, just a super great wide receiver, like, one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen. But it's, it's never felt like he's, like, a game dominator. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's it's. I guess he's never been, like, a high touchdown guy either. So yeah. it's, like, I don't know. But um, and not that Matt Ryan is a, a bad quarterback. Like, Matt Ryan had his, his run. MVP year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so thanks to Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> and it's just, like, and it's the Falcons. Like, I feel like once Michael Vick left the Falcons, like, they almost were – taken off the the map of relevancy yeah. for a long time um and then after he left atlanta too it was just like he bounced around went to tennessee went to tampa bay and then kind of just like people thought he like soft retired and then out of the blue the eagles signed him and um i think it's really cool that he's here it seems like he's contributing obviously scoring a touchdown and they just added him to the active roster so uh, he's no longer on the practice squad, so I guess that you know shows you Julio Jones is here for the long term now. Yeah, which is fun. You know, maybe maybe this year it ends up good for him. I don't know. <laughs> Just as we all wrote it, Julio Jones going down in history as an Eagles legend. Yeah. Um, Dallas week is going to prove to be very very fun. I think this is a good test for the Eagles too. Uh, just like that Miami game, go into this game and and see where you sit, and then you go into the bye week potentially at eight and one. Uh, and then you come out with that, that mini little stretch run of, of very good potential playoff teams on your on your schedule from the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, uh, Dallas again, and then the Seahawks. So in that in this stretch, Matt, how do you see the Eagles uh, coming out of this six-game stretch? Uh, this is the stretch, I think, that had a lot of losses penciled for them. All the way to the Seahawks game. I think if you go four and two in this stretch, that is great. I agree. Honestly, I think three and three in this this stretch is really not. If you come out of this ten and four, and you're going into Giants, Cardinals, Giants, at ten and four, I think you take that because I think you could be finishing the season thirteen and four. Preseason, you had them at two and two in November. Yeah. Which was obviously chalked up to a split with the Cowboys and then uh, the Chiefs. I think we both. Yeah. Bill's game looks a little different now because they yeah. have so many defensive injuries. And um, Josh Allen is hurt again, but they're saying that he, they're not talking about him being hurt. But he's had this shoulder injury for the last two weeks. And he's, you know, it hasn't really affected his play all that much, but slightly concerning. But yeah, I, I think I think you go like four and two, three and three is a good. A good record coming out of that, I think. Yeah, so we'll see how that all plays out. Um, Union are off this week because the MLS playoff format stinks. Well, got some drama there. Kai Wagner apparently uh, not good. racially abusing Bobby Wood. So I have a tendency to believe players when stuff like this happens because... Why wouldn't you? No one's making this up. Um, And it was something that was like... He said it on the field too, and it was communicated to the referee and there's an investigation apparently said in german bobby wood knows german because lived there played there <laughs> i don't know if kai Wagner just assumed he didn't know german i don't know but um not great not great at all and i think it really sours all of this because especially because kai Wagner was someone that we wanted it became this he became like this kind of central pillar of we need to pay players and all this and you know we need to pay him what he's worth and he seemed like he was going to be walking away after the season, and now it feels like he might be pushed away instead. So, um, 
really just a terrible situation. I, I hope that there was just a miscommunication. Yes. It does not feel that way. And, um, you know, anytime we've seen this in the MLS, even this season, there have been a few instances like this. It's always been the case that either um, there's a Red Bull player that was suspended and then there was another player to his own teammate. And I think the investigation never really went anywhere. Like, it was never, like, confirmed, denied, whatever. But the contract was mutually uh, agreed to to be dissolved. And they kind of – the team and the player went their own separate ways. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where it goes. Definitely puts uh, a negative light on winning game one. And I hate this playoff format. So and it already awesome. had a negative light from the format to the just leading into the playoffs. And I didn't think the Union played all that great in that game. I watched it back and pretty open defensively. I know that the scoreline makes it seem like a pretty comprehensive win, but there's a lot of opportunities to England, so I don't know. Not in love with it. <laughs> not, a, not a great way. <laughs> and I was talking to people, too, just like in tap with it. It's like, why are the Union the only team that have been subjected to stay on like the Saturday-Wednesday schedule yeah, when there's games that. playing throughout the entire week this week like i get like you're playing new england and they play at gillette and the patriots are home so like that takes priority well the way to do this is that the union already won their game and exactly. so they should just be in the next round you know <laughs> just exactly. the whole thing there's is... no point for a best of three especially in the first round of uh, uh of soccer there's no need for it Very i was dumb. talking about this with my dad i said you know this is just as like physically like demanding as american football strictly from the wear and tear and pounding on your knees of running up and down a field for 90 plus minutes a game also had a ton of games this year yeah. a lot of travel a lot of like intercontinental travel <laughs> julian carranza went on phly <laughs> union with renee washington and said like we played 48 games this year and it was not fun yeah it's it's a big big toll and this is after two of really um for a lot of these players too, you know, we were in the World Cup last year, and so you had a shortened off season for them. Um, there's Olympics next year. There's Olympics to think about. You know, all, all these guys will have international, you know, consideration. Like it's, it's a lot. It's, it's so much. They, you get you get three weeks if you are like a high level soccer player, typically, of break. It's like insane. literally, you get you get three weeks between like, again, depending on how good your club team is doing too, from like. Usually, like, early June, maybe, like, late May, early June to the end of June. And then July, you're right back at it. Two to three weeks. Which is, like, when do we start seeing more and more guys do... Now, obviously, it's a little different because of who he is, but do what Messi did. And it's, like, I'm not playing in Atlanta because it's on turf. I'm I'm taking uh, an obligated rest day. So well, in I Europe, can... they've decided that turf is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that grass is the only surface that you should be playing on. Um, so there's that, I think. It's, but even just from a, you yeah. know, to pull out a page out of the NBA, you know, playbook, you know, when do we see load management come into to soccer? You do, you do see, like, see, like, rotation and, and things like that. Like, there are considerations. The problem is, is that just as everything becomes tied so much to money, like, games mean more and more, like, every – you see this in the Premier League, right, where it's like you can't really even afford to rotate in Premier League games because the quality of opposition is so much higher now because there's so much more money in the league that you can't even afford to, like, rotate guys on a, a, a like a hypothetically easier matchup. Um, and there's just so much more pressure on advancing 
into other stages and cups and leagues and I don't know. It's it's a it's a bad cycle that the sport is in and that players are asked to do a lot of traveling, play a lot of games and not have a ton of, of breaks and the quiet tragedy that I, I've heard and there's been some articles is you have a lot of players addicted to sleeping pills because especially in Europe you're playing games you're traveling it's 1 a.m when mm-hmm. you're, you're getting out you're flying like you how could you possibly you know you're playing these games late at night you know they just wrapped up games in England and they're um an hour behind us now but um, when I, I was on my way over here like 5 30 so they're f- I think they're only four hours ahead that game's ending at 9 30 they're they're you know you're getting home if you're the home team at like 11 midnight that's and like, you just you know, played like an insane and it's like the late game. slate of nfl to put it in like comparison right like it's a, it's it's an intense thing liverpool has to take a bus home because the the weather was so bad it's like a four-hour bus ride you're getting home at three four eight you know like this is and i i just you know that's why these guys are a lot of them are it's it's sad but a lot of them mm-hmm. are addicted to to sleeping pills and i think that's i think that's gonna be something that uh comes reckoned with in the next uh like decade i think we'll see we've already seen it with like a lot of like a lot of players on like pain prescriptions mm-hmm. that is a deep underlying current in the nfl like these guys are loaded up before games you know what they have to do to endure but um i guess that's the price yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting union back at it next week um we'll see if the birds go into the bye week at eight and one we'll see how the sixers keep progressing and optimistic october has come to an end flyers pretty solid month of october we'll see if that progresses they allowed uh wally the alligator into the building so we'll see if that brings any good vibes or not um but we'll progress forward with everything we got going on and more uh i am slowly but surely catching up on survivor and we'll have hopefully be caught up to speed for next week's episode there and bring you back the survivor breakdowns but uh, make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify. It really does help. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. We're really close to more milestones, so it really does help if you subscribe. Um, YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And uh, be sure to get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your orders. And this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The City's Economic Development Department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround time is in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 582. A say la vie to Uno of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys next time. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. And we are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for-